Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. And we're covering it all from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The inventory numbers are way up for feed yards in the Texas High Plains and surrounding region, but there's a little more to the story when it comes to the latest statistics. I'm James Hunt, and I'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Nearly $40 million lost due to default payments on livestock purchases. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. The drier weather we've been seeing out west for a few months is coming closer to home. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report from the Rolling Plains. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. There's a new app that can help improve broadband access in rural Texas. Jessica Domel has more. Downloading an app could help improve internet service in your area. The Federal Communications Commission is urging people to download its Speed Test app. The app tests the performance of mobile and in-home broadband networks. It will show the user the results and will then confidentially convey the information to the FCC. That data will then be used to update the FCC's broadband availability maps so that their efforts to improve Internet access across the U.S. are focusing on the right areas. The FCC acting chairwoman says it will help bridge the gap between the haves and the have-nots. The FCC speed test app can be found in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store. Simply search FCC Speed Test. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The latest wheat crop condition ratings came out on Monday, and it shows that we do see an improvement in the Texas wheat crop. However, we still have the worst rated crop in the nation. 8% of the Texas wheat crop rated excellent, 20% rated good, 36% rated fair, and 36% rated poor to very poor. Contrast that with our neighbors to the north. Oklahoma has the highest rated wheat crop in the nation, with 70% of their wheat rated good to excellent. A lot of eyes will be on next week's report to see if these very cold temperatures across most of Texas this week caused any damage to the wheat crop. USDA releases the monthly cattle on feed report on Friday, but those reports may look a little different this year thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. James Hunt explains from Amarillo. With so many feed yards around the Texas High Plains, perhaps more than would be true in any other part of the country, folks in our area pay fairly close attention to those monthly cattle on feed reports put out by USDA. 
The new one coming out on Friday will give us a look at what happened with feed yard inventories across the country during the month of March. But Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says, beginning with this report, over the next few months, cattle statistics we look at might be a bit on the strange side. Because if you think back to what we were doing in 2020 at this time, we were just kind of what I'm going to call at the front end of the pandemic. And then we started seeing all of these numbers just started bouncing all over the place, really, truly got out of whack. Miller says one example of what he means can be found in what Texas Cattle Feeders Association's own numbers show for placements in March. TCFA's estimates show the numbers of new cattle entering feed yards in the Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico region last month were up by 38% over March 2020 placements. Ordinarily, such a jump would be stunning, but we're also comparing current numbers with what was happening as the pandemic took hold and created log jams throughout the production chain. It wasn't until October, November, maybe into December last year before our cattle numbers started leveling out and things started coming together. Something to keep in mind when analyzing cattle numbers for the time being. However, one thing that's beyond confusion is this. Feed yard inventories in our area are huge right now. Miller says TCFA estimates there are 3.2 million cattle on feed across the three-state region, well above the five-year average of 2.9 million. Our feed yards continue to work through some large numbers. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Nearly $40 million were lost to defaulted livestock payments over the last 10 years, but there's a new law that aims to fix that. Tom Nicoletti takes a closer look. We conclude our series this week on the Livestock Dealer Statutory Trust Law. This is a new law that protects sellers of livestock from buyers who default on payments for livestock they purchased. Chelsea Good is with the Livestock Marketing Association. Now, in applying the Livestock Dealer Statutory Trust to a situation for uh, cattle or sheep producers, there is no financial obligation for them or others in participating in utilizing this, this new law, right? That's correct, and I think that that's an important clarification to make. Sometimes when people hear trust, they think about a physical trust account, and they assume that everybody's paying into some sort of a pool of funds. That is not how this functions. It is a statutory trust, so it's in law only and just changes who has priority. But nobody is paying any money to uh, have this new law or this new protection available. So do you have any uh, numbers as far as dollar amounts that may have been lost, anything that can quantify this over a yearly basis? So USDA data is probably the uh, most accurate information to look at here. And over the last 10 years, on average, each year, we saw $3.8 million in valid dealer bond claims. And so that's $3.8 million that folks were left unpaid by licensed livestock dealers. And on average, that $3.8 million was spread around seven and a half registered dealers where there were claims a year. There were some years that were much bigger and some years smaller. The Eastern Livestock Default in 2010 is one of the better known ones because it, it was the largest at the time. But it's something that annually we see a recurring issue in this space. And thankfully, moving forward, there's another tool to help make people closer to whole. That's $3.8 million each year for the last 10 years. That's estimated at $38 million? Over the last 10 years, correct. 
What about Texas? Any numbers on anything specific regarding Texas on losses? That's a really good question, and the data I have does not break it down by state. I certainly am aware of some individual situations that have occurred in in Texas over the last couple years and even further back than that, that I can tell you that this is certainly a topic that has caused harm to some producers and some markets there in the state. From Kansas City, that is Chelsea Good the Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs with the Livestock Marketing Association. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The drought continues to spread across Texas. Barry Mahler says it's getting worse in the Texas Rolling Plains. For several months now, forecasters are predicting drier weather for the rolling plains of Texas, and we're beginning to see that forecast come to light. It supposedly has to do with a La Nina condition, which affects the weather patterns due to cooling of the waters in the Pacific Ocean. Now, this cool phase has a tendency to bring us drier condition, and if it hangs on through summer, can bring about a hot, dry summertime. The terms La Nina and El Nino have been around for a while, and while many of us didn't pay a lot of attention to them in the past, it seems that there is a correlation to the phenomena and how it affects our weather. Case in point, we were in a La Nina pattern prior to our major drought of 2011, and the pattern looked very similar to the one in place today, at least up until this point. Now, April is a key month for farmers and ranchers. Winter wheat is heading out. It needs moisture to fill the heads. A good rain right now would allow the wheat to fill better and provide more bushels with heavier test weight during harvest in late May or early June. Corn and milo are in the ground, and looking like the crop won't come up to a good stand and grow off well without moisture. The winds of March and early April have dried the seedbed out for these early spring-planted crops. Cotton farmers are getting ready to plant in late May to early June and need the rain to get the crop up and going to help get it through a long, hot summer. And, of course, this is prime grass-growing time with most pastures needing some recovery after heavy use by cattle through the fall and winter. The good news is is that the La Nina seems to be weakening, and it could open us up for some more rain in late April and into the summer. And of course, April is our rainiest time of the year, so that's good news. So we'll continue to watch the forecast as there is a lot riding on having adequate rainfall across the area over the next couple of weeks. In fact, Rolling Plains agriculture depends on it. This is Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas for Texas Ag Today. An endangered species has reached a milestone in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And dehydration can be a big problem in newborn calves. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We still have spring calves hitting the ground here in Texas, and it's important to keep an eye out for dehydration issues in those calves. 
Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some advice. Dehydration is a major cause of death in young calves. Whether it is because of diarrhea or decreased ability to nurse, the results are the same and fluid therapy is critical in saving these calves. Dr. Andrea Lear from the University of Tennessee indicates at Bovine Vet Online that although you can pick the calves skin up over the back with your fingers and monitor how long it takes the skin to return to normal, the best method of determining dehydration is eyeball recession. When dehydrated, the eyeball recedes backward into the socket, and the more it recedes, the more dehydrated the calf. It is recommended to check for eyeball recession at the medial canthus of the eye, which is the inner corner. You can measure the recession of the eyeball in millimeters, and then multiply that number times two to estimate the dehydration. So if a calf has a four millimeter eyeball recession, the calf is about 8% dehydrated. If a calf is 8% dehydrated or less, oral fluid therapy may be effective, but if over 8%, then intravenous fluids will likely be necessary. Once these calves are dehydrated, they are unlikely to nurse and are usually in some stage of shock with low blood sugar. If oral fluids are possible, the oral electrolytes with high sodium in the fluids should be fed along with milk or milk replacer, and these may need to be fed with a tube feeder. Stopping the milk replacer or milk totally is not a good idea because the calf needs milk for energy. To estimate the amount of fluid needed, take the weight of the calf in kilograms times the percent dehydration times a thousand, and this will give you the amount of fluid needed to correct the dehydration. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. An endangered species has reached a milestone here in Texas. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. For the first time in recent history, two pairs of endangered whooping cranes are nesting in Texas. Wade Harrell, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's whooping crane coordinator, joins us with more. This is the first for us in Texas that we are aware of in recent history to have two pairs of nesting whooping cranes. They're in southeast Texas, Jefferson and Chambers County, and these are two pairs that came over from our Louisiana reintroduction. They're hanging out on uh, some private farm ground, rice and crawfish type farming. The uh, private landowners have been great to work with us on that and happy to have these birds. We hope they will eventually produce some chicks and some offspring and continue to grow that population. Whooping cranes are sensitive to human disturbance while they're nesting, so people should keep their distance. Obviously, we want everyone to respect private property, and the birds are on private lands, and want to make sure people respect those boundaries and aren't trespassing on private property. And then, two, these birds are particularly sensitive to human disturbance while they're nesting. You know, they need a nice, quiet space to hatch and rear their young. And so, we wanted to ask folks, you know, even if they're observing them, say, from a public area, that they would stay at least a thousand foot or more and try to remain quiet and uh, kind of let the birds do their thing. That was Wade Harrell from U.S. Fish and Wildlife. He says the nesting season for whooping cranes usually starts March and April. He said that even if the first nesting attempt by the birds does not succeed, they'll keep trying through early June. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
Well, the cattle market just can't seem to hold on to any gains lately. We had another close in live and feeder cattle futures on Wednesday. One reason for that may be the big jump in grain prices this week. We'll take a closer look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Truck drivers, if you're stuck on a railroad crossing, don't just sit there. It takes a freight train more than a mile to stop, even in an emergency. So by the time you hear this, it could be too late to save your truck and maybe your license or your life. Instead, immediately get out of your truck, away from the tracks, and call the number on the emergency sign at the crossing. That gives the railroad a chance to stop trains before they get to you. Always call the emergency number. It could save your truck, your license, and your life. Go to OLI.org for info. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market moved lower again on Wednesday after taking a brief break Tuesday for a higher close. We continued the bearishness and you can probably blame the grain markets for that. We're seeing a big run up in both wheat and corn right now. And that is putting pressure on the entire livestock complex. We closed with April live cattle down 80 cents. 11977 the June down a dollar 95 11725 August live cattle down a dollar 42 at 11797 feeder futures finishing lower April feeder cattle down 247 13510 May feeders down 317 13960 the August contract down 260 closing at 15192 Cash-fed cattle markets saw some light sales on Wednesday. Reports of very light trade at 120 here in the south. We also saw that in the online fed cattle exchange on Wednesday. They sold 1,500 head. A thousand of those were Texas cattle. They all sold at 120. That's a buck lower than the 121 we saw last week. Now, the irritating thing about fed cattle prices moving lower this week is that boxed beef continues to climb. Box beef higher on Wednesday choice up another dollar eighty four at two eighty ten. The select up two oh six two seventy two fifty three. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, when you hear old auctioneer Troy sound off, it's time to head down to Three Rivers, talk to Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers, about the sale he had there on Monday. Riley had 2,376 head. Let's talk price and quality, shall we? Cow-calf pairs, we had some of those good Brayford cows there, uh, you know, the older cows that were too old for the special sale uh, that were there yesterday, and uh, they brought anywhere from 10 and a quarter up to 13.75. The red cows, uh, anywhere from 8.75 to 12.25. Uh, the Packer cows yesterday had pretty much steady money from the previous week 68 to 74 on your high yielding cows 60 to 66 on your breakers 34 to 56 on your canners packer bulls uh, 86 to 90 on your high yielding bulls 72 to 86 on your low to medium yielding bulls two to three weight choice steers 168 to 188 heifer mates 150 to 174 three to four weight choice steers 158 to 176 heifer mates 132 to 150 four to five weight choice steers 148 to 172 heifer mates 130 to 146 five to six weight choice steers 146 to 164 heifer mates 126 to 142 six to seven Seven weight choice steers, 128 to 148. Heifer mates, 116 to 130. And the seven to eight weight cattle year choice steers, 116 to 134. And the heifers, 110 to 124. 
Now, neighbor, remember, Riley's going to have a big special female replacement sale, plus a lot of bulls this Saturday there at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers. Find them at LiveOakLivestock.com. Riley, tell these good folks how to contact you. 361-786-2553 is the office. 361-813-6650 is the sale. Our webpage, LiveOakLivestock.com. And we do have a lot of pictures posted up here on the webpage now of the special sale. Good deal. Thank you a bunch. Thank you, Larry. Texas farming and ranching neighbors, that's it for me. I'm Larry Marble. I'm the host of Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close lower. May hogs down 47 cents, 107.60. June hogs down $1.82 at 104.52. Class 3 milk was mixed. April milk up a penny, 17.69. May milk down 17 at 1915 a hundredweight. The cotton market continues to climb higher. Traders waiting on the Thursday USDA export sales report to see if that gives us some direction. However, they're continuing to watch the expanding drought here in Texas, and that's keeping a floor underneath prices right now. May cotton up 106 points Wednesday, closing at 84.83. December cotton up 63 points. 83.69 cents. Wheat and corn both continue to run higher. Weather concerns, the big factor, of course, the freezing temperatures we've had across Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas over the last day or so is a big concern to the wheat market. July Kansas City wheat up nine and three quarters, 637 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up 13 and three quarters, 675. The corn market continues to jump higher, mainly on dry weather concerns in Brazil, and that's really boosting that old crop May contract. It was up another 19 cents on Wednesday. We're sitting at a seven to eight year high now at 625 and a half. September corn up nine and three quarters, 557. December corn up eight cents, 536 and a half. In the energy markets, May natural gas down three cents, 269. June crude oil down $1.47 at 61.20 a barrel. The financial markets higher. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 246 points, 34,069. The NASDAQ up 98 at 13,884. The S&P 500 up 26 at 4,161. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Thanks so much for joining us, and don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.